May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be blessed in your sight, O God, our Creator, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. The Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 24th verse. Jesus said, A disciple is not above the teacher, nor a slave above the master. It is enough for the disciple to be like the teacher and the slave like the master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered up that will not be uncovered, and nothing secret that will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light, and what you hear whispered, Proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I also will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I also will deny before my Father in heaven. Do not think I have come to bring peace to this earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life, for my sake, will find it. This concludes the reading of our gospel for today. A friend of mine recently asked me what my favorite poem was. Well, how do you choose just one favorite? But one instantly came to mind, and it's from the Sufi mystic, Rumi. Here it is. One night, a man was crying, Allah, Allah. His lips grew sweet with the praising. Until a cynic said, So, I've heard you calling out, but have you ever gotten any response? The man had no answer to that. He quit praying and fell into a confused sleep. He dreamed that he saw Kadir, the guide of souls, in a thick green foliage. Why did you stop praising? Because I never heard anything back. This longing you express is the return message. 
The grief you cry out from draws you toward union. Your pure sadness that wants help is the secret cup. Listen to the moan of a dog for its master. That whining is the connection. There are love dogs that no one knows the names of. Give your life to be one of them. Do you yearn for intimacy with the holy? Are you a love dog? Are you willing to give up everything to be one? That's what our text for today asks. And it provides a very undesirable answer. You have to give up everything. Whenever Jeff first asked me to preach, and I agreed, and then I read this gospel message, I said, gee, thanks a lot, Jeff. Because this is one of those that makes us struggle and really look at our lives in a different context to see just how much we desire connection with the divine. So I recently had an experience that brought this home to me. A couple weeks ago, I was interviewed by a reporter for our local newspaper and he wanted to talk to me about the rise in religious intolerance and about my new position with the Marin Interfaith Council. And so we had a wonderful chat, and they took a couple of photos, and that was kind of it. Well, the next morning, I went for a walk very early. And we don't get the paper, but I was walking along, and I looked down in my neighbor's driveway, and <gasps> there was my picture on the front page. I was like, oh no, how did this happen? I knew the article was coming, but I, I did not expect this was going to be front page news. And I wondered which part of the interview that he may have included. Had I said something really stupid somewhere within that that was going to come back to haunt me? And perhaps most of all, why does my face look so wrinkled in that picture? It's awful. <laughs> my mind was just racing. So I stopped. And I breathed, and I asked, what is going on? I hated to admit it, but it was ego. I wanted to look good. I wanted to project competence and goodness. My ego worked so hard to maintain its fabulous self-image, and it was ready to defend itself against any newspaper. What identity? do you maintain and project? What's the self-image you are ready to defend? Are you willing to let that go in order to be one of God's love dogs? In today's text, Jesus doesn't mince words. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. This isn't the nice Jesus who makes us feel warm and gooey. This is the badass Jesus who takes on the ego with ruthless, ninja-like precision. This is the, the great physician doing invasive surgery. Now, Jesus says these words to his disciples as they're going out in pairs to proclaim the good news. Unfortunately, he's preparing them for the reality of a very chilly reception. Would they continue to yearn for God and howl that connection from the rooftops? Or, when resistance arose, would they fall into a confused sleep. Whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Today is Pride Sunday. So we proclaim the truth of who we are and who we love. We shout from the rooftops our yearnings and celebrate our diversity. We acknowledge the sacrifices that we and so many others have made, sacrifices of family approval, careers, even physical safety for the sake of authenticity. For so many, our families of origin, perhaps even our church families, brought us shame so many years ago. We were told that our yearnings for God and our yearnings for human intimacy were incompatible. Our lips grew sweet with praising God in life, but we were told to be silent. Today, we speak out. Whatever our sexual orientation or gender identity, we proclaim our yearnings for truth and intimacy with God, with each other, with the essence of our souls. And as we boldly inhabit our longing, something mysterious starts to happen. We find the one who is longing for us within our longings. Are we willing to give up everything for the sake of that sacred longing? I have a friend of mine in Texas who's a Presbyterian minister. Her name is Nancy McCraney. And Nancy's funny, she's smart, and she's just absolutely radiantly delightful in so many countless ways. There's one exception to her beaming gentility, and that's when it comes to officiating weddings. Now, she does a wonderful job with that and creates this beautiful, safe, welcoming environment for couples. But when a couple first comes to her, she gives them a straight-up message. And this is what she says. Right from the start, you have a decision to make. You can have a perfect wedding, or you can have a happy wedding, but you cannot have both. <laughs> Which is it going to be? Jesus makes our choice just as stark. You can live for a facade or live for God, but you cannot do both. You can marry ego or marry 
the holy. But you cannot do both. Being a wholehearted follower of Jesus requires just that, your whole heart. And to make this crystal clear, Jesus makes us even more uncomfortable by talking about family. He says, For I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Huh? I thought we were supposed to honor father and mother. And isn't family the most important thing? What is Jesus talking about? Ram Das says that the ultimate test of your enlightenment is to go home and spend a weekend with your parents. If it survives that, it's real. <laughs> Our families are precious gifts that we treasure and nurture. Yet they can also keep us stuck. Franciscan priest Richard Rohr says, Whatever passes for morality or spirituality in the vast majority of people's lives is the way everybody they grew up with and everyone around them thinks. Some would call it conditioning, even imprinting. Without very real inner work, most folks never get beyond it. Jesus uses quite strong words to push us out of the family nest. The call of the gospel is to spread your wings and fly. It's radical, it's uncomfortable, and it's non-negotiable. It is become, to become your fullest, truest self. And here's the catch. If it really happens, it's going to seem like death. Again, Richard Rohr, there is a necessary suffering that cannot be avoided, which Jesus calls losing our very life, and that I and others call the false self. The false self is your role, title, and personal image that is largely a creation of your own mind and attachments. It will and must die in exact correlation to how much you want the real. In our, our text, Jesus says it succinctly. Those who find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life, for my sake, will find it. As a follower of Jesus, you have a Nancy McCraney kind of choice. You can save your life or you can lose it, but you can't do both. You can have a nice, well-defended ego that makes everyone, especially some of your loved ones, very happy. Or you can take a deeper dive. 
You can let go of the approved image that others project onto you and that you work so hard to uphold. You can look at yourself in the mirror or on the front page of the newspaper and simply stop defending that image. What would happen if you no longer poured energy into keeping up appearances? What remains when you let go of everything? So every morning when we leave home, our dog, a fox terrier named Cowboy, whines and howls like he's never going to see us again, crying out from his little sweet heart. He loves cheese, and he loves pestering the cats. But more than anything, he yearns for his humans. He is a love dog. What about you? Do you whine for God, for the sacred, for that mystery of life that's at the essence of everything? Do you moan for connection with the sacred? Said another way, do you yearn for the truth of your own being? Are you willing to drop everything in a wholehearted pursuit to find out who you really are? And are you willing to live the fullness of who you are, no matter how chilly the reception might be? Are you willing to take up a cross and suffer with those who are struggling to live out their own wholeness? And further, can you simultaneously fight for justice while also loving your enemies? Might you even seek to understand the pain of those whose politics you find so repulsive? Are you willing to be demonized for the sake of love? Are you willing to lay down your so-called life, that whole ego story, in order to find a deeper life? That's the Jesus path. Surrendering everything, the comfort of approval, people-pleasing identities, cherished stories that keep you safe but small, the beliefs, self-image, even God images to which you're so attached. Let it all And in the surrendered emptiness, you come home to your true self, to the image of God that you are. Only then will everyone and everything find its proper place. So howl for the source of your deep longing and discover that you really already are what you've been yearning for. 
the longing you express is the return message. The grief you cry out from draws you toward union. Your pure sadness that wants help is the secret cup. Listen to the moan of a dog for its master. That whining is the connection. There are love dogs that no one knows the names of. Give your life to be one of them.